0: Yes we're back It is episode 68 of the Hibs Ramble It's Liam and Sean The two constants here Joined by Craig and Mark Making their first appearances on the Ramble um, For a lot of people Who've probably never seen them before (laughs) (laughs) How in earth are we getting on boys? Doing alright mate mate? Good Good. It's good to see you Craig and Mark It's good to see you I thought you said died or something
1: Good to be seen Uh, Nah just been. Been busy, mate.
0: Yeah, just been chilling, killing ten dollar billing
1: Yeah, bagged a yesterday it, though. Sorry about that. You what? Bagged a haty and the the oh, yesterday Oh,
0: aye, and your and your porksmith team.
1: Yeah, uh, aye, yeah. Build blind, was it? <laughs> no, mate. No.
0: Talk us through the goals, Craig, that you scored.
1: Uh, first one, out-muscled the defender, which is quite hard to do in a league built for overweight men. Um, Shot the bed, keeper saved it. I was one on one, I had about 15 seconds I think, and I kicked it straight at him. They uh, parried it out, I slotted the rebound. Second was a wee weak foot Vladimir Dinkovic effort after a through ball. And then uh, the third was just laces through it, top end. Love that, so your
0: first one was like Christian Doidgey's first one at St Johnston. Made an arse of the first one,
1: managed to slow down My second one was a peach though, keeper came rushing out and I just dinked it over him with my left foot I love
0: that, absolutely love that Um, How are the rest of you, Sean,
2: how are you? I'm um, delighted to see some new faces on on the pod, I must admit, it's been been a while good Good to have the boys here
0: we're swapping out We're swapping out Tommy for uh, Craig and Mark this
2: week <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if that's much an upgrade But we'll take it as it's for
0: <laughs> Yeah so uh, those who are tuned into the YouTube Will see that Sean and I are done in the brand new Elite 7 um, range I've got the hat and uh, Sean has got his hat And the quarter zip on Which has been a big hit so far With the Ramblers and the wider Hibs community So if you want to grab yourself one of them Head along to the thehebsramble.com and you can get it there before it all sells out. Which
3: is I'm assuming
0: that McLean jumper, jumping you...
2: sure. uh, A big oh, one, Mike. It's a bit like it is a bit thought, bit like, it? sample fair, size I, and
0: all. I thought it, it fitted me a wee bit better, but Sean, you know, was trying to pull it off my back, and I've been like, "Oh, I'm wanting it, I'm wanting it, I'm wanting it." So I <clears> think
1: I had to be like, a yeah, nice guy and give it to him. That seems to be for the potential bedsheet range we've got to be done.
0: <laughs> Maybe we can sponsor your football team, Craig.
1: Well, hopefully, I've been trying to get us to sponsor me for the last fucking year. <laughs> Don't we've got enough money to get on the shirts? Not that
0: big. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the weekend. Uh, a win for the cabbage. That's two on the bounce in the league. Um. We went up to Den's Park. I think I was only one of the Ramble contingent that made the trip up. Uh, and it was, I'll tell you what, lads, it was absolutely fucking freezing. It was... Uh, I, I don't like going to Dundee at the best of times, but Den's Park, when you go to Dundee and you have to go to Den's Park, it's kind of like... I don't know what it's kind of like, but it's better going to Tannerdice. Den's Park is an absolute hole. It's a oh. terrible stadium. It's... Not got any character, it's fully wee bams. I much prefer Tanner Dyson. The, the carrot is dangled in front of your eyes before you have to go into Dance Park, which is a bit shite. But an unchanged lineup. Um, Mark, did you think that that was the right call? Um, don't change your winning side and all that? I think, I, well, first of all, I think.
3: He doesn't really change his tactics or his team often, which I quite like. I think we always moaned under Lee Johnson that he never knew his best team and he never knew his best formation. It's quite nice to see that he's at least picking the same shape and roughly the same yeah. starting eleven um, week in week out. And then uh, to add to that, we have beat you know Kilmarnock at home, so I think the old saying goes is obviously you don't change a win inside. So I was quite happy to see you know the same the same starting eleven. Good to see that there's no sort of new injuries or anything like that as well.
0: Yeah, Craig. Rocky and Rocky and Will Fisher are starting to become a bit of a formidable partnership in the middle of that defence. Do you think that this is the start of maybe starting to see Paul Hanlon being phased out a little bit?
1: I think so. I was speaking to um, I was in the office today and I was speaking to the boy in the office about it and that how when you look at the, the sort of change in a lot of players since Montgomery's came in it's now a case of I think, based on recent performances, who starts with Rocky? Mm-hmm. You're almost looking between this. More often than not, it's going to be Fish, but Rocky would probably be your first choice centre-half, and then you'd be choosing between Fish and handling. Um So I think, and given obviously the fact that Lou Stevenson never even made the squad on Saturday either,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whether that's injury or whatever, I do think that it's it is now we're now seeing that sort of phased Maybe maybe not phase decline of handling, but that is it's going to be it's going to get to a stage that it was like with McGregor where it was like break glass if needed.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it, it's positive to to see. I mean, Mark, you touched on it there that under Lee Johnson we didn't really have a consistent um a consistent team at any point really in our in in his tenure, but. I feel like getting the back four, back three, back five, whatever you play as a manager uh, solidified early on um in your range on helps you build a good foundation and and go forward for the rest of the team. so you got you got to look at that as a positive
2: eh? yeah completely agree um listen I would want a little bit more for Marshall at times, but at the weekend there made a lot of good crucial saves um. And I do feel like with us starting eleven, we need to have a little bit of consistency. Um, like Mark already said, the formation and and the way that we're applying our tactics appears to be the same throughout um the whole squad, from back to front. So yeah, a little bit of consistency and a little bit of good defensive shape is is what we've needed for a long time. Exactly. I have, to,
3: I have to eat my hat with Rocky. I must say because I I don't think there's been many people that have been more critical of Rocky than I have, and I even said when when Monty came in and he was starting to sort of dabble with playing Rocky and he, he was sort of rotating between Rocky and Hanlon and he, he was just getting used to what he's best living. You know, I made the statement that why are you playing Rocky? Hanlon is the better player. Hanlon, Paul Hanlon's not great, but he's far better than Rocky. And since that point, when you take Rocky out, we actually look like a far worse team. I think mm-hmm. what, what was the game... Um, Ross County at home Ross County County. Rocky was absolutely Superb He's who they spoke about On the podcast But he was absolutely Superb And then He comes off Paul Hanlon comes on I think Paul Hanlon's First touch was a hand handball check And then (laughs) We looked We just looked The the defence looked unsettled. Taking away a centre-half In the middle of the game Is poor anyway But taking Rocky off Hanlon came on We looked so unsettled We looked nervous We couldn't get Out of the back So I tell you what I like being proven wrong and bloody the hell he hasn't have because he's I think he's been under Monty one of our best players, certainly.
0: Yeah. To be fair, I think you could probably go through the whole team, you know, that started on Saturday and look at the improvement that Nick Montgomery has has made to their game. Um obviously none more than Joe Tavares, which we'll we'll get on to in a minute. But you know, the, the most glaring thing for me was the the way that we're actually playing. We are playing with a system, a philosophy um, uh, a style that again under Lee Johnson was just different game to game, you, you, it was like a Bowler. I don't think he knew at the best of times what what he was wanting the players to do and that obviously rubbed off on the players so that they didn't really understand what they had to do on the park but again um, we're looking much much more comfortable with this playing out from the back Um and it worked really well on Saturday actually because Dundee had their back five, their back three, whatever you want to call it, with their wing backs pushing on. And the way that we moved the ball about in our defensive third um, at the start of our attacks really dragged those wing backs out of position and allowed Boyle, uh, Campbell, and Jair to get in behind. Campbell and Boyle were kind of interchanging a little bit. Um, one was uh, one was in the ten, one was out wide, and then they were swapping. Jair was out, always out in the left. But I thought that was where we were getting a lot of our joy at the weekend. But you know, Sean, for the, all the games that Nick Montgomery has been in charge of, you can see that that is the way that he wants to play. He wants to force that ball down line.
2: Yeah, I've, I've been banging on about that since he kind of came in. That that's how we were going to set up, and that's how he was going to look to play. And when people were a little bit unhappy with him in previous games in the last three or four or five weeks i've always been reiterating that listen it's going to it's going to take time you've got little phases you play little passages you play playing out for the back whether it's from the center half into the wider areas and then back into the middle i think our first goal at the weekend absolutely sums up Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do in regards to bring the opponent into a false sense of security where they can come on to us and try and press us a wee bit and then whether it be a quick one-two or a ball in behind or a ball over the top or like Jair, a little bit of, a little bit of skill on the half turn, which he was absolutely frightening from every yeah. little clip that I've seen for the weekend, um, just kind of sums up where we're at at the moment, the way that he's playing as well.
0: Absolutely, I mean, and you know, Craig. At times, it is a little bit heart attack, Hibs, But are you starting to see improvements in playing that way?
1: I'd say so. I think the the goal, like to take Jer, for example, as the weeks have gone on since Montgomery's introduced him back into the fold, his influence has grown week by week by week. And I think that sort of goes hand in hand with what Mark was saying about Rocky as well. Like the difference in having a manager who we will not ourselves, right, for where we were. I work better for somebody who's nice rather than who's an arsehole, right? It's clear Johnson was like, at so funny.
0: <laughs> Trying to compare t- you fucking working wherever you work with. No, no,
1: no. no what I'm t- <laughs> t- what I'm t- i say is like we, we JR. It's clear that somebody's putting an arm around them and no being an arsehole towards them. In, in any line of work, if your boss is an arsehole, you're going to be less motivated to work So I, is
0: your boss putting his arm around you and going, Craig, it's all right, you can do these spreadsheets? You can do those spreadsheets.
1: You <laughs> do them well. You you fucking you know what I mean. Gear <laughs> and Rocky have been the two players probably who you would have thought would have been at the lower end uh, getting a chance in the team, and you mm-hmm. could argue that the two of them are now two of the, the first names on the team sheet. And you would probably and, would say that, yeah. And the way that we're playing is really suiting Jair's skill set as well, I think, because he doesn't have hearing. You know he doesn't have like Boyle-esque pace, but he's really quick, as Sean says on the half turn, and it, over over that it, short distance, it's almost like he's, over those he's ten no fifteen yards, he's yeah, he's not a great sprinter, but he's got great acceleration, and you've seen that for for his goal on Saturday, for where he managed to get the ball out to Venti, yeah. and he carried his run, so he gave the ball to Venti maybe about what like forty yards out on the diagonal, and within a couple of seconds he's on the penalty spot. Yeah, and yeah, I, I just think that goes to show the, the the level of trust that the manager is putting in these players. That somebody like JR has literally came from the arse end of nowhere. To now he's now starting games over over Ellie and it's and it's entirely justified as well, which you would yeah. never you never would have said two exactly. three months ago.
0: And it's it's amazing now to see what a little bit of confidence can do for a player. I mean, when we saw. Jay in an opening game of last season up at St Johnston he looked like a dud and you know there was people that were writing him off already you know I I was like oh this fella has knocked my fucking microphone (laughs) has been knocked out there there was was folks saying you know, and and myself included I didn't think he was good enough um, back then No, but I'm like Mark I'm delighted to to have been proved wrong and you know I think, see, since Deers came back into the team under Nick Montgomery, Mark, a lot of people have made, you know, said a lot of nice things about him, about his performances and stuff. Even when uh, he hasn't been incredible, he's played well, but on Saturday, I genuinely thought he was outstanding. Did you see that as well from where you were sitting?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think he he had, look, football's, the old cliche that football is a very fickle game. And, you know, all it took was a few bad performances. Lee Johnson at the time didn't fancy him, essentially said his time at the club was done, blah, blah, blah. And obviously the fans, because of that, turned on him. And I think that's why what Lee Johnson did is so criminal, because what the manager says and the manager's actions goes a long way to the fan opinion. Mm-hmm. If Lee Johnson had maybe been a little bit more, you know, it's going to take time, he's going to be our player, he's then maybe the Hibs fans would have laid back, you know, took the foot off the gas a little bit with him. And then you see, right, one of the first things Nick Montgomery does when he comes in is he puts Gertavari on the bench and he puts him in the squad, he puts him in the start of 11. He comes out and does media and says how good he's been in training, how much of a top player he is. And before he had even kicked the ball, you started to see whispers of Hibs fans saying, oh, he must be good, he must, he must be shown something, he must be shown some sort of quality in training. And then the the fan opinion just starts to slowly turn just based on what the manager exactly. said. Not only that, and that's le- So
0: that's only because his name was listed on the bench.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like not, not only that, he, he gives the boy confidence, and he obviously comes on, puts in.
0: Not he wasn't great, Komarnik away, um, but then he obviously. Gets, it, what was it? It had like a year out. No, yeah, had exactly. He hadn't played. He said a couple not of, even uh, for the Dev squad, a
3: couple of. Um, Good games, and now all of a sudden the fans are sort of ranting and raving about games. So it just shows how how quick that can turn.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, I just think that it goes to show as well just how like the more the longer that Johnson's away, the worse it actually seems to be getting. When he was here, I mean, you've seen mm-hmm. Hibs obviously done a. It's very rare that the club will put out a full-length video by a player. I was just wanting to they, touch on this as well. This... But they've done, obviously they done one with Jair last week and it was actually quite powerful to hear him talk about how he was, like he said, he, said he was destroyed mentally. And like like you said as well, that comes from Jair when he was signed, oh, we beat off a host of clubs to get him. Lee Johnson's been watching him for for years. He gets given the number 10, he gets hyped up and then he gets just bombed out the squad completely. And then he even... Will Fish done a Q and A after the game on Saturday, where he said he barely he barely knew who he was. And Will Fish has been here. He signed only what a month, six weeks yeah. after Jair did. He'd never been in the change. He'd barely been in the first team changing room. He'd barely trained with him So I it just obviously nobody touched on that. We. Well, I, I wanted to talk.
0: There, I wanted but, to talk about that anyway. But yeah. I mean, like like you said there, what Jair said in that interview was that he was. I think it was devastated mentally is the words that he used. What's the Sean, Sean, you're all right, Craig, just don't let it happen again. Yeah. Sean, the lad, he's 22, uh, 21 when he signed. Hadn't he played, I don't think he played any um, senior minutes. Uh, definitely not for Benfica anyway. I don't know if he was out on loan before he came to Hibs. How has how how, how he been able to come back from this so quickly and turn it around? And what is it that Nick Montgomery's seen that Lee Johnson did not see.
2: I think naturally when any manager loses their job, you always hear the whole clean slate. Everyone gets their own, you know, gets a new chance and stuff like that. I genuinely think it's a mixture of that, but also a big part about um, Monty's coaching style and his assistant. And his coaching style, I think the fact that the assistant speaks Portuguese and knows obviously a lot about that league, knows about what it takes to make it as well at a decent level. Um, and some of the, I don't want to say nobodies that they've coached in Australia, but like players in Australia that were down and out. Um, we touched on it when we were talking about Monty potentially getting the job. There was a couple of players, I know Jason Cummins is obviously the glaring one, where a player that looks like he's going nowhere and all of a sudden is sharing the pitch with Mbappe at a little cup, do you know what I mean, after spending some time in coaching through Monty, I know a lot of it comes down to the player and their application and stuff like that, but there is a real man management skill that our current coaching outfit have um, and it goes to show based on how far Jairis came in such a short period of time, like you said earlier on, there was a year between starts mm-hmm. um, and for any game in comparison to like where he is now in this season, so, Listen, he's on a trajectory, long may it continue, he's now got his own song. I did <laughs> like that he was able to take his, his finish really well at the weekend. Um, and I know we're obviously touching on Jair at the moment, but for me, the, the work rate that Dylan Venti again put in at the weekend was tremendous. A lot of off-the-ball work and every clip that I've seen. He plays a very, very good ball in the middle. And listen, Josh Campbell needs to get a lot of praise for, I don't know if there's a shout for Jair or just, Josh knowing that he's running in behind him as well to allow him mm-hmm. to take the finish So
0: It seems it seems like it was a a well rehearsed and well uh, scripted sort of move um, it, just, it, just goes back
2: to, it just goes back to show the, the passages he play that we're talking about, it's not just passages he play playing out for the back, it's making our way into midfield and then it was absolutely no surprise that Jair you know, drove into the middle of the park after he played the ball and there's no surprise mm-hmm. that Dylan Venti went out wide so We've, played, we've given, obviously, Rocky a lot of praise in recent weeks. Gire's getting a lot of praise. Josh Campbell needs to get a fair amount of praise as well, considering he was out in the middle of nowhere three, four five weeks ago. And yeah, he's, exactly. played a vital, he's played a vital part in the last couple of games.
0: I mean, we spoke about that, didn't we, Sean? I, I, was, I was a little bit heartbroken because I wasn't sure if there was going to be a space for Josh Campbell and uh, Nick Montgomery Hibside. But, listen, I was... Going to just go on and talk about the goal there That Jair scored But you seem to have done my job for me So I will move on <laughs> I'll move on I to
1: The just Lewis Miller penalty there, Serious touching on the goal I think with the goal It shows that you don't need to be fanning about On the edge of the box with it as well It's yeah. literally a pass with Jair Out to Venti Venti back in the box Like it goes for the halfway line to the It's not back, always going to work it?
0: like that though Craig
1: In about 3-4 seconds And I think that's a component in the way Montgomery wants us to play. He doesn't want us asking about, passing it from side to side. He wants direct box entries and obviously that's how we've got the goal. And I exactly. think that's a bit, because you talk about possession-based football and I'm it makes me nervous at the best of the
3: time, possession-based football and Scottish football but you look at the difference between Sean Maloney and Nick Montgomery, right? Sean Maloney had a similar type of philosophy where he wanted to play from the back, he wanted to keep possession and it was, it was that kind of, he was more of a slow build-up. That ended up resulting in just basically passing it about the back because there just didn't seem to be anything going forward. Whereas Nick Montgomery's still possession based, still plays out for the back, but it just shows that you can be possession based and still be fairly direct, still put it out wide, getting balls into the box and stuff like that. So
0: he's got the players he's got better players to do it though, Mark. I mean, you look at Sean Maloney's team that he had, he, he didn't inherit a very strong side. Played-
3: was playing, what was he not playing, Rocky? And who did he not have? Will fish,
0: nah, he, okay. he never had. He never had, he never had Boyle. Had
1: I don't think bit. he I had, ne-
0: I don't think he had Nisbet. He
1: had, he had Newell, though, he had uh, Campbell. He had a lot of the players that we've, we've got still. regardless of who he had. It was still, you could still
3: see that they had no clue going forward. They played that yeah. about the back for nearly night, I think. There was one time we played Celtic at Celtic Park and got pumped, but we had more possession in them. But, <laughs> all right, that looks great. That looks great on a stat sheet, but when you're just passing about the back constantly, it means nothing.
0: So I, I think remember he's that game. A- that was the game that uh, Chris Mueller was on the bench for the first time. We were all chanting USA, USA. <laughs> the Celtic fans thought we were slagging their Japanese players about Pearl Harbor.
3: I remember that. That was outrageous.
0: That was the tweets that they were sending on... Um, on Twitter after the game, me and Mark were sitting on the bus on our way back. Like, that is absolutely outrageous. How how have they drawn that conclusion from us going USA to Chris Mueller? Anyway, we're off on a tangent. Let's um, jump back to Saturday, the Lewis Miller penalty shout. Listen, there's been a lot of a lot of uh, talk about VAR this weekend. Again, Sean, me and you have had lengthy conversations the last few weeks um, about the implementation of VAR and what is and isn't given the consistency that definitely isn't there. Just going on, uh, ignore all that, what we've what we've spoken about in the past. You look at that incident on Saturday for Lewis Miller. Do you think it's a penalty?
2: Yes, I do. And I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to talk about VAR because I've made that very, very clear. And we've said it's all about the inconsistencies and that's the problem. But yeah, the actual incident on its own, Yes, that's a penalty. It's just frustrating that there's more obvious ones that we weren't given this weekend, and less obvious ones that that were given. But that's that's all yeah. I'm going to say on the matter. And I, I think mean, that's again, it.
0: I think it would it would be silly not to talk about just the the incidents in question. Obviously, the Lewis Miller one on Saturday at Dens, uh, the Alan Forrest one at Tynecastle against St Johnston. I think are both penalties. I don't think either were looked at. Um. Definitely the the referee Didn't go over to the screen Didn't look like he was having a chat with the Val room, Anyway um, And obviously the Rangers penalty yesterday Which in my opinion is a penalty But the fact that It's then checked it, it seems like the softest out of the lot And it's gone over And he's, he's getting it checked Mark and Craig I'll bring you into the conversation here Because you haven't been on the pod the last couple of weeks When we've had these chats about VAR, but like, how how can you then respect what the what the officials are doing, Craig, when the the inconsistency is so glaringly bad?
1: Yeah, they're making rods for their own back, especially with that thing that came out during the weekend. Said there's only been three instances that are was it they said like 470 odd reviews. And yeah, something like that. Three three that have been found to be incorrect, and two were for a previous Dundee game, I think. It's, aye. That's the issue. Like I, mean, I see a lot. A lot of the argument is sort of going back and forward with how many penalties Celtic and Rangers get, and that's that's
0: not the point though, eh? the way. The thing is, is, I know
1: the thing is like they're they're going to get more often than not on average. They're likely to get more penalties because they're in the opponent's box more often, right? And if you have got the Aberdeen one yesterday, if you're rather than Barry Robson bitching and moaning about VAR. He should be gone off his fucking head that his centre-half pulling a jersey in the 94th minute. Yeah, that's... I because mean, that is, Varanova, that's, that's,
0: it's... a that's a penalty.
1: It is. As, as much as folk don't want to say, it is. It is Celtic got a penalty on Saturday for a shirt pool. I think... Remember the one we got at Parkhead as well for the, the shirt pool, which, looking back on it, probably was erring on the softer side. Yeah. But definitely. when they're taking the chance in the box, it's... But aye, it's the... The level inconsistency, even, you know, you go back to last season, like Jimmy Jago's red card up at St Johnston that was immediately rescinded the game after. Not to sound like sewer great, but I think we've been the club that's generally not benefited from much in the way of VR since it's been implemented. Um I don't know if that if there's anything that can sort of back up that tinfoil hat that I've got on. But it's the the there was
2: a there was a see. piece there was a piece that's, that I done at about. the end of last season, Craig, where there was fourteen VAR instances, and I, I, again, I really really don't want to get into it because I fucking sound like a boring bastard after the last three or four it episodes, always like talking that. about yeah. VAR. Yeah, exactly, Liam. But yeah, I agree with everyone that Craig said there regarding um, Barry Robson being more annoyed at the that his own player more than anything else. Um, but then that... it does
1: point to the point that if it's at the other end, does it get given? And that's and I think this is where, where they're now put back, that the referees are now backing themselves into a corner that the threshold for penalties being awarded is now getting lower and lower to the point where it is going to get to the stage where it is going to be any shot pull in the box should be a penalty. Yeah, I
2: know. I and think
1: the thing is, this is the, it's the clubs when you know there's, there's talk about like fans all over like I'm very much in favour of it as long as it's done right which it obviously isn't being there's other clubs where fans said, don't bring it in we don't want it it's going to ruin mm-hmm. the game and the clubs and there's the only club in Scotland that said no was Greenock Martin. every other club said they wanted it brought in so
0: I mean th- there's me, it's for me it's on the, it's it on the it clubs
1: does, to if, force if, it's on the clubs to force the reform force the change Forced a better implementation of it Because ultimately it's the clubs that decided they
0: wanted it Absolutely, I mean there's definitely A place for it, that's the thing I mean, of course there's going to be Teething problems Sean, you said last, last time out That the fact that you know it was brought in Halfway through a season was criminal In the first place But I, I mean, it's only now been in for you know Less than a full season So, I mean We're, we're going to get there It's just the the frustration in the meantime. Mark, are you enjoying yeah. that cup of tea? It's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: quite nice.
0: I'm glad. I have seen you with a real bit of concentration on your face pouring the milk in. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, you didn't was, spill any, did you?
3: It was a bit stupid milk get getting me Morrison's in that.
0: Yeah. Um right, okay, so we'll jumping at the second half. Um scored scored a second goal. A really, nice, uh, a really nice corner in from Joe Newell, a uh, great header from from Big and uh, the ramble effect um, in full flow. I didn't see the YLT celebration, though, which I was a little bit disappointed at. Um,
2: need to have a word with him.
0: Yeah, absolutely need to have a word with him. And then it looked from then, Mark, like it was completely plain sailing and it was going to be a very, very comfortable afternoon.
3: Yeah, and I, I think... To be fair, the end of the first half, it didn't actually look that comfortable. I think the first half an hour is probably the best performance that I've seen this season.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Certainly, like Montgomery, I thought, I mean, we've already kind of spoke about it, but the fact that we had a lot of possession, I think that over in half an hour might have had as high as 70-odd percent possession. Yeah. But not only that, we were driving forward, we were getting down the wings we were creating chances, and obviously we scored a brilliant goal. But I think towards the end of the first half, you could see that they were starting to come into it a bit. So, I felt getting that second goal was a, a massive moment because it just it relieves a bit of that pressure. Mm-hmm. I think Marshall had done a couple of good saves as well. So, as soon as that went, I thought, right, it's plain sailing. But at the same time, under Nick Montgomery, you know, we've been 2 0 up before, we've been in Leeds before, and we've let it slip. You know, I think he was up 2 0 twice already in his tenure, and it's came to 2 2. So, it was almost like. We're 2 we nil
0: again. Craig, you I put it in the up.
3: chat, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, it
1: was
3: when they went. Obviously,
1: we'll touch right. on it. He scored to make it two one. Um, is when we thought, that oh, is, you thought you were going. We as go. soon as we went to, as soon as we went to nil up, I immediately went. Can't wait for the inevitable two two draw come full time.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think you, you could sense in the in the stands that it was certainly. I I don't want to call it a must win because I don't think it was a must win. I think it was more of a must not lose. Seems seems silly to say that. I mean, Dundee were in half decent form really up until uh, up until our match on Saturday. They they just dusted Saint Mirren at home, you know, which has not been an easy thing to do this season. So I think that the fans knew that we were kind of going to be up against it a little bit, and you know we had to play well to get those two goals, and we managed to get them. And um, I think there was a big sense of relief definitely in in the crowd when. When that second one goes in But we we never make it easy For ourselves lads do we um, And Lewis Miller The ramble effect Is sent off for a second yellow card The second The second booking is silly When you're already on a booking The first booking I don't I think it's a very very soft yellow card But all in all I don't really think Lewis Miller can have many complaints about that
2: Neither I would have them lots life. lots of things to complain yeah. about because it's not a really? The only person yeah, that should have... be getting booked there is the Dundee player for waving his hand for a yellow card, which by the laws of the game means that he should get a book in. And should
0: be think... sent off then because uh, he was already booked.
2: Well, there you go. I think Lewis Miller, yes, maybe needs to be a little bit smarter in regards to his defensive positioning beforehand in the situation he finds himself in. Um. You, you do say even. He makes the
0: challenge that brings Beck down. Though he flings his arms around them. I
2: know, but it's also barely even a foul. Um, he, he's obviously the, the Dundee players bought it. Um, but it's most certainly not a yellow card. It's barely even a foul. And like I said, Dundee player should be the one getting booked, not less.
0: First one first, first one, one, I, I think, is done. pretty soft. I mean, they're they're the ones that are kind of teetering on the edge of. I mean, if that's a player's second or third fill, you can see them getting booked for it, but I don't think it was. I think it was his first fill. So I think it's maybe a bit harsh that he's been booked for that one. But I mean
1: you,
0: you look at them back and the more the more I look at them anyway, the more I'm thinking, to be honest, I mean, if that if that was a red card given against us, like if that was a Dundee player that had made both of those challenges and got sent off. I wouldn't have been Going, oh, that's a disgrace that he got sent off He should never have been sent off I, th- I think it's the
3: type of Lewis Miller, is it? Yeah,
0: he's an he's play- aggressive player, mate
3: Yeah, playing on the edge is maybe a wee bit OTT But he, he, he kind of does he, He's aggressive and he goes in for challenges And I might be talking shite here But I feel like players that go in for big challenges Even if they make the tackle and it's spot on But it's just a, a meaty challenge They're often more likely to then get booked When you know they start doing little niggly fills because yeah. the referee might be thinking, oh, that, that was a close one. He's got the ball. It was actually a good challenge, but it was actually a bit a close one. And he almost keeps an eye on that player. And then when they do make yeah. a challenge, that, that, that may not be right, but I don't know. I just feel like that's often the case with these types of players. So when he does make a challenge, it's not great. The referee's already kind of thinking about it a little bit and then just pulls the card a little bit earlier than maybe somebody that's not been
0: in his eyesight. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. It is a good point. but the. I mean, I think there is a positive to take from Lewis Miller being sent off and that is the fact that we were actually able to grind out a result um, that we haven't been able to do really at all this season. You know, when we've been up against it, it's more or less as if we've always had, you know, we've always had the 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 other team, sorry, I've had the rubber the green better. We've not had it as easy we've not had the luck but we were able to then grind out um, and manage to see the game through Sean, I mean it wasn't for the want of trying from Dundee, I thought they really turned on the pressure um, after the red card but I think the changes that were made by Nick Montgomery um, were the right changes and helped us see out the game.
2: Yeah, no I agree Um, I think the main takeaway other than getting the three points um, for me is like the, the level of togetherness that the players look like they've got when you're watching like the full access videos that the club are putting out mm-hmm. and some of the content that they're putting out um, in post-match as well, you can really see the real togetherness that the the players are clearly buying into everything that um, Nick and his, his coaching staff are trying to bring in. So obviously the three points are great, but like being able to grind out the result Will only bring that group even closer together. Um, the changes, I think, were right—the right changes at the right time, based on what we're looking for. Especially yeah. with like Dodge coming on and stuff like that towards the end, and Paul Hanlon replacing Venti and stuff like that. Um, I think that just goes to show that we're, we're maybe starting to get a little bit more quality on the bench, or a little bit more of our our normal regulars, so to speak, back and involved. Um, yeah, I think we've now played. What 10 league games under Monty, and we've only lost one, which was to Rangers. I think I could be wrong, I think it's maybe just Motherwell and um Livy that we've maybe not played under Monty. So, uh, to only lose one game in the league under Monty's tenure, and considering we've chucked away a decent amount of points and two all draws, just goes to show that we're definitely on the right track. Yeah, so I, think
1: I think that's really not like. played Sean Aberdeen. It was member Gray got the we beat them under Gray
2: up there. I oh, sorry, we played Sunday twice, haven't we? Has it come on up? We played twice. We played Sunday uh, yeah, twice. Yeah, we no, played Kelly, Kelly twice. twice. Kelly was in Montgomery's
0: first game. Um, Mark, just finally on, uh, just you know, on after the red card, we've spoken about it in the past that Monty didn't really seem to have a plan B or was able to kind of modify or change, you know, in game to suit what was going on in the game. But I felt like he he did he did change it. Um he did modify it and there was clearly a plan B there to kind of shut up shop and try and limit Dundee to very little. What did you think?
3: Yeah, I I think in terms of not having a plan B, it's more like if if we're going through a game and we're maybe looking a bit limp and we're not Attacking much. I just hope that he's got a bit of a plan B, whether it's to be a little bit more direct or whatever it is. But I, I think with with this one, it's more just getting that monkey off the back. Because I know I know that they've got a good mentality, but the players and Monty must have been thinking, "Here we go again, two 0 up. It's now two one. You know, Dundee kind of putting a bit of pressure on. If they had managed to get that equaliser, it just would have added to it. And the next time we're in that position, the players would have been thinking." Here we go again, and it just makes them more nervous. Whereas the fact we've managed to get that result, next time we're in that position, or next time we're having to maybe defend a little bit more, it's not going to be in their mind. They know they can see it out. They know they can grind it out. So I think that result is, for that reason, is maybe a little bit bigger than than the three points. It just it, it gets that. It was, it's going to build
0: weak. so much confidence in that in that group of players. I mean, like the new players that we've brought in. You look at Dylan Levitt, Jordan Abita. They must be taking a lot of confidence from from that result, given how we've played in other games where we've been we've been 2-0 up or we've been 2-1 up or whatever. Um, you know, they must be taking an awful lot of confidence from it. and you can see game by game Obita's getting better. Dylan Levitt's looking like a really handy player in the middle of the park, looking like someone, you know, you can really depend on to pull the strings. But um, apart from Jair, the, the player that really stood out to me on on Saturday, was David Marshall. You know, we've given him a bit of a hard time on the pod uh, this season, um, you know, thinking maybe he's he's on his way out, trying to hang the gloves up, but I thought on Saturday he was absolutely superb. If it wasn't for him, then, you know, it really could have been a draw or a Dundee win, Sean. A couple of really, really good saves from him.
2: Yeah, I would, like I said earlier on in the episode, like, I feel like in recent matches, I've maybe wanted a wee bit more from him or maybe needed something a little bit different or maybe to be freshened up and and goal. But yeah, the weekend there, it just goes to show that um, at times when called upon, he he can deliver. And in the last couple of matches, he's certainly delivered some big, big saves and big moments when realistically he's not had too much to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just shows you the kind of level of professionalism, the level of concentration that he still has, even that he's... He's put. He's pushing forty mark. I mean, he's he's no spring chicken, and he's still got that um that know how that that about him that you know even when he's not being called upon an awful lot, he's able to make those big saves.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's been doubted that he's a he's a good goalkeeper. I just think a lot of people maybe thought he was past it, and he just needs to find a wee bit of consistency because there's some weeks where his distribution is spot on, and there's others where he's mm. too. Low and just doesn't really do much there's some weeks where he's shot stopping like against Dundee is absolutely superb and he's, he's a brilliant shot stopper and then there's other weeks when he just lets him that he shouldn't be letting in so he just needs to try find that that wee bit of consistency going forward which I know is, is difficult to do I think at, at that age I think you know you are going to maybe be more prone to making mistakes and stuff like that and maybe letting goals in that you wouldn't have a few years ago but I just hope that he can find that wee bit consistency
0: absolutely and just to wrap up on our trip to den's on saturday i've got a wee Premiership update
1: which pie is the
3: best in the pie review which pie is the best
1: in the pie review
0: right so i had a chicken curry pie at den's park on saturday um, I tell you what, it was it was okay. Like it it was it was fine. It it did the job. Um, but I will give you my breakdown in scores now, gentlemen. So the temperature was a five, but that was only because it was terribly terribly cold outside, and it really did warm me up. And it
1: I it did. Was, um, I did see Emma when the stream started. I was like. I was, bo- it was boiled, it was on the screen, just kind of rubbing his hands together and I just turned to him and I went, it looks absolutely fucking Baltic on it. Yeah.
0: It was, I mean, thankfully where I was standing was kind of near the back, so you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't getting the full, the full cold as I would have done if I was sitting near the front, but Jesus Christ it was Baltic. Um, the crust, I'm going to give a two. It was good, but it was soggy. Um, had all the all the characteristics of a pie that had been cooked earlier on and then heated up afterwards, not great. Um The filling was two. It was okay, but the chicken was a wee bit dry and there wasn't enough sauce. So if there was mere chicken and mere sauce, probably would have bumped up a score, but a two for the filling. The price is a three, £3.50, fairly respectable, um fairly average for a pie in the division. And the uniqueness I've given a 2. And my comment was. Come up with something new Dundee. Come on. Which gives Dundee an overall score of 14. Out of 25. Which I think has them languishing. Near, near enough. The bottom of my pie table. This season. So if you go up to Den's. I, I don't really recommend the, the chicken curry pie. So maybe get something a wee bit different. It was the special as well. So that's kind of made that wee bit shape special. It was non-special about. It.
3: Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best
1: in the pie review?
0: Right. Okay. We'll move on to Aberdeen on Sunday. Um, a big game, Mark. A very big game. Uh, is it too early in the season to talk about it as a, you know, a, a big game in terms of who's going to get third? No, nah,
3: I think it is, a, it is a big game. We are starting to get to that sort of Christmas period, and so, and I think you know when you look, look at the league, if we are wanting to you know go for third, you would probably say that. I know St Mirren are having a good start, but I still do think they'll fall away. I would say that Aberdeen and Hearts are probably going to be the ones that. Are going to be up there, or at least they would think so. Um, so, and it's always a big game against them, anyway. You know, it's, it is one of the bigger games in the league. So we've got a pretty good record against them at home. Obviously, coming off the back you're getting beat off them at Hamden, it will just give us that extra motivation. And to be honest, I think if we if it's the same type of game it was at Hamden, I think we'll batter them. I really mm-hmm. do. I think on another day that that game in the semi final, it's five six 0 to Hibs. So um, let's just hope we can put away our chances and. And
0: get the win. Yeah, uh, Craig. They're looking like they're starting to pick up a little bit of form. Uh, half decent result against Rangers yesterday. You know, minutes away from from getting a win against them at home. Uh, and I think they've put another couple of half decent results together in the league as well. So, you know, maybe Hibbs and Aberdeen are starting to find a little bit of form at the same time, it's Looking like it's going to be a good game.
1: Yeah, but no, I think I think it is a must win to be honest, if we've got any aspirations of being top three, top four, we need to be winning the majority of our home games and our home form has not been the greatest. Um, obviously, alluding to the the couple of draws that we've had and the, the sort of points that we've been dropped from losing positions. Um, but no, I think there'll be, I, th- I don't even know what European game they've got on Thursday. Um, I, I think, think they're playing get, Helsinki. Is it? Away. Is it? Away, yeah. So that's, Something we maybe need to be taking advantage of, um, getting out the traps early, getting at them. Um, but now, nah, like Mark says, I think we've got a generally got a decent record against Aberdeen at home. Obviously, the result that finished off good last season probably been the standout. So, aye, up to be a good game. But I think that, like I said, if we've got any aspirations to be near the top end of the league, then we need to be winning the vast majority of home games, and that yeah. continues on Sunday. Absolutely, Sean. One win, one loss
0: versus Aberdeen this season. Do you think we've seen enough of them, first hand, to you know formulate a a good game plan and attack them on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I think we'll get. I think we'll get a victory against them at the weekend. Um, regardless of the the quality of the opponent that they're going to be playing during the week, it's going to be tough travel. I know they seem to be alternating in Europe between Duke and Miofsky Um, but I think overall. Nick montgomery i have seen enough there's definitely plenty of ways to get at them i know they were very very good at the weekend but um coming up against like a rangers at home is slightly different to going away to hibs in regards to their game plan and how they're going to implement theirs so i think if we do anything similar to what we've done in the semi-final but get decisions to maybe go away and maybe be a little bit more clinical in the final third i think we'll be just fine
0: yeah it is HJK H- 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 helsinki that they've got on thursday so um, away from home it's, it's going to be a tough one coming back from is that Finland that they play in yeah I think um, and just before we move on to last of questions I'll get a I'll get a prediction for Sunday off you boys so Mark what are you thinking
3: why are we doing a prediction now
0: because this is how we do it now I know you've not been on the pod for about three months but this is how we do it mate
3: hmm. why does Sean ask for a prediction still then on the game day
0: I don't know Okay. Um, I'll get back to you on Sunday
1: I'll let Sean know <laughs> Craig Yeah I'll stick to the stance that I've had since the beginning That I'll let Sean know when he asks me for it on Sunday
2: Sean Who one Hibs <laughs> And uh,
1: Sean I'll, I'll let you know on Sunday
2: Cheers <laughs> Well you need, to, you need to buck up your ideas Because out of all this I've had the most right predictions so far This season so
0: I don't think I've had a right prediction since we started the Hibs Ramble So
1: I've got a couple this season, I think. Yeah, correct, Craig. You have. Yep.
0: We should maybe we should really start keeping. Do better, count.
1: boys. Do better.
0: We should start keeping count who is getting the most predictions. I just what? told you.
3: I'm not going to give you a prediction of a specific prediction, but I'm, I will say this: I think we will fucking pump them on Sunday. I hope so.
0: I hope so. Please
1: don't play like this
3: Aberdeen fans.
1: That'll be yeah, the next I thing. Clip, eh? clip, clip, clip that up and me and Mark will go missing for another couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right
0: then, lads. Uh, we will move on to the listener questions.
1: Now it's time to enter the hip ramble. Listener questions.
0: Okay, so first up, John Macintosh, as always, what's for dinner?
2: I am uh, having um Parma ham ravioli And a uh, cream garlic sauce And I am starving I can't wow. wait for it
0: Wow
2: but A wee ciabatta on the side as well by the way Just saying Just Impressive. scoop up the rest of the sauce Mark I had a fish pie
3: Which had a boiled egg in the middle of it Which That's um, rank I was uh, It's so English isn't it England. English people just fucking put boiled eggs in everything Did but you expect it, there to be a boiled egg in it? No, I just, I just ordered a fish pie. And as I dug into the middle of it, there was a boiled egg just sitting there.
0: How confused
3: there. about you? I just was like, I just I never knew boiled eggs came with fish pies. But anyway, um, so it was all right. It was
1: all right. We
0: move. We move. Craig, what did you offer your tea?
1: I had a bowl of lentil soup with a cheese and ham toastie. Oh,
0: perfect for, for a, a winter cold winter's
1: point. evening. Yeah, proper
0: winter food. Uh, I had sausages, Yorkshire puddings, mash and gravy, and it was stupendous. The other and was fucking homemade so- eh? homemade mash or um like packet. Oh mash. no, just uh, Awealdies yeah. packet Awealdies. What? Like the- why not make homemade mash, you weirdo? Why would you get packet? Well, why would I make homemade mash?
1: Because it's insanely better. That's why.
0: Uh, to be fair, I splash out and get like the fancy stuff Like the Maris Piper stuff It's good oh, it's
2: it's but, yeah, but Mark, what, I'm, I'm with you on this one mate I'm with you on that one I Just don't have time
0: the
3: to make was fucking. With milk I don't
2: have time to make Mashed tatties mate Just peel tatties,
0: put them in a pot and boil them
3: You've got time no. to make 18 sausages
0: It was actually <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I had four, Megan had two And I put two on for the cat because I'm, yeah. I'm a good guy I'm a good guy, I can't eat six sausages lads that's barbaric keep telling yourself that <laughs> I, can't eat. I, can't eat. I can't eat six sausages I promise you um, next up we have got Gav Dick and he's asking when's Jake Doyle Hayes back as Monty has turned around Jair's Hibbs career, surely it will be easy enough for Monty to turn around Melkerson and McCurdy's career at Hibbs not, I'm not too sure if he's Meant to ask when's Jdh back as well, but yeah,
1: I've not no clue <laughs> things still have <laughs>
0: I've not been digging him out for his spelling and his grammar and all that the last few weeks, so you will be delighted to hear that. But I'm excited to see Melkerson and McCurdy coming back. To be honest, I think Monty will I think be it's able up to. Day. Day. It's up Thank you. If they put in the work, if they put in the work, then they'll be good. But we need yeah. to put
1: in the
3: work.
0: You can see what a bit of belief has done to J or so I mean you
1: McCurdy has um McCurdy has a whiff of Cummins at the Mariners for me with Montgomery. Mm. Redemption story. Yep. Um next up I just I just know I just know it would make you the absolute happiest man in the world. Oh mate. If he I scored just... at the famous see if it was at the famous five end and he turns <laughs> towards the west. I know that that would actually make you like happier than your your marriage and the birth of your two kids. <laughs> mate, I'd be on the pitch. I'd be doing the well, celebration, them. <laughs> um... And then you'd be pointing up at me and doing it up to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, next up, mm. Liam Riley, and he said, "Overrated, underrated is on a winter break." Um, but he's saying, with Christmas fast approaching, what is your best or worst Hibs-related gifts? you've received on Christmas day? So I've got that's a, a good question.
3: So the best, the best Hibs related gift I got was from my grandparents. It was this big, massive um, like book and it had like every single newspaper article about Hibs over the last like 70 years or something like that. Mm. You, you, if you keep flicking through it, it's got like all the best results and all that, obviously had, like the 7-0 game and stuff. And it, the the very last page is the game where uh, we beat Hearts, won the Luton Castle when Derek Radford got attacked by that junkie fan <laughs> that was the very so it's like you can just flick through it and see all the it's so cool you can spend hours just flicking through all the newspaper articles that's the best gift I've got I've
1: got I Emma I, uh, I, um, I got me that for my birthday I think it's I'm cool Emma got me that for my Christmas I got um I can't think of a Shitey related gift.
2: I've Any, had any, any calendar, ones. ever.
1: Yeah, the calendars <laughs> are pretty pish. I always I used work. to get the shitty the players on my birthday as well.
0: Really. Yeah. I would always what get like over this. What's the book
3: you used to get? It was the... Like the annual like the an- or something.
2: An- uh, yeah, the annual. annual. Yeah, they, those two are by I, far the, the worst I've had. Like. They're
1: just generic. I
2: made, a, I made
1: a hint to to Emma about what our thing you have stops in the 96, 98. Purple away top Was like a late Christmas present A couple of years ago So I'll go with that As the best one Because she knew I'd wanted it for So long as well The purple one
0: Yeah I think the best, the best one That I've had Was the Was in 2016 Christmas 2016 And I got like A wee replica Of the Scottish Cup With the green and white Ribbons and that on it That was pretty cool But I've got no idea Where it is now got,
1: I got um, Can we really get Shite gifts If it's Hibs Like if it's Hibs related Like I'll
0: laugh Aye, me too. I'm an absolute cock when it comes to that. Yeah, give me anything with a badge on it. That's that's that.
2: About mm-hmm. uh, about four or five years ago, I got a package through the post. Um, near like return address of that on it, and it specifically said like not to open it until Christmas Day. So I was like, all right, okay. Didn't recognise a handwriting or anything like that. Not cool it. Opened. <laughs> <laughs> opened it on opened it on Christmas Day, and it was the eighty nine ninety one away strip, immaculate condition, looked like it had never ever been worn. Like there was no stains, no pulls, no threads. Sponsor was immaculate, like gleaning white. And to this day, no one has owned up to sending it to me. It was me. like, like it, none of my not, like none of my family on my mum's side or my dad's side, family in Australia, Chloe, Chloe's mum and dad, family, whatever. Not a soul has owned up. Sending it Wow So that is by that's far some The gift. best By the best present By far the best present I've had.
0: Hopefully Hopefully by you Opening up about that On this pod Then The the guilty party Will step forward And reveal themselves Once and for How long ago was that?
2: It was either 2018 or 2019 I want to maybe say 18
0: Wow that's a, that's a long time To keep a secret as well
2: It's the first time I'd owned, owned the shirt as well So
0: I'm invested in this now I, ho- I hope we find out who sent it to you um, Next up is Billy and he's asking did anyone try the Babs chicken pie, I don't know what the Babs chicken pie is Billy but I certainly didn't have it, I can't imagine any of you's had it over the weekend
1: Based on what Billy puts in the group chat I'm trying absolutely nothing, that he recommends fucking yeah. food the food presentations uh, are chambers he presented what looked like a tin foil filled bit of sick last night it was fucking disgusting
0: Nah, I mate. Mean, the the guys, the guys' food choices are absolutely humdinger, terrible, absolutely hopeless. Stephens up next, and he asks, when Milkerson comes back and McCurdy is fit, how are we fitting Tavares, Yuan, LaFondre, Boyle, Vented, Deutsch, Milkerson, and McCurdy into the same side? It's some problem to have.
1: Surely one of them can play goals. Wants. Yeah, I don't think the offset wants to be fair. <clears throat> yeah, they can't. But good if they did.
2: I think both McCurdy and Melchison would like do very well in, like, the sec- not the second striker role, but the, the striker role that is like playing off the, the last defender with Venti like, doing all the doggy work and stuff like that. I think they've been screaming out for that kind of position and I think that's where they'll thrive. It'll just be interesting to see how much game time they'll get in that position and how often.
0: Well, I think it's quite clear to see that they're going to get a chance anyway, more of yeah. a chance than they, they had under Lee Johnson, which... It was only a good thing. I want to see more of Harry McCurdy anyway. So,
2: and if you've got Boyle and Yuan and Tavares out wide, like you're just you're just screaming for goals, eh? So, good place yeah. to have it wide.
0: Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um. Next up, the half, Monty, and he's saying Jair's dancing slash confidence is out of control. Never seen a player dance to his own song. Absolutely brilliant. That was that was fantastic. It was at a corner for Hibbs. And the Hibs fans were singing the the Tavares song, and he was singing along as well. He was singing. It,
2: well, eh? he was singing eh? it was
0: brilliant. Eh? Just, I, I said it. I said it to my dad at, at the time. I was like, "Oh, it's like, I feel like he's my laddie. I'm watching my laddie play yeah. for Hibs. I'm so proud of him." Um,
1: I think it yeah. just that must just be amazing for him though. Like from where he was to where he is now, the fact that the fans are actually singing a song for him. Oh yeah. Like must fill on with such like such happiness that he's mm-hmm. went for where he is to where he is now.
0: Oh one million percent. Um next up Harvey Scott, why is Gio Tavares so sexy?
1: Mark, I'll let you answer that one.
2: Presents oh, no. himself very well.
1: No comment,
2: did you say? No comment. <laughs> no, I do <laughs> look. I love him. I, I
3: feel the same as you, McLean, though I, I feel like he's our son playing for him. Just, he just, I'm so proud of him. Like when he scored against Ross County, I, I cannot remember the last. Oh, could they
0: burst into tears?
3: I, I can't remember yep. the last I felt that ecstatic to see a player score. Like in terms of just sheer, like buzzing for them rather than buzzing for hip scoring.
0: Yeah. No, uh, I was, and you could feel it in the stands, like the love that was going towards him. I mean. And you could see that he—I mean, there's not—not not an awful lot of times where you can see the players kind of interacting with the fans, like mid-game, and like trying and like appreciating, like what, like if the fans are singing your name or that. You don't see an awful lot of the players, you know, kind of acknowledging that. But Tavares looked like he was loving every single minute of it, and that is, you know, I mean, what we we touched on it earlier on, but I mean, what a turnaround from a boy who looked like he didn't. Enjoys football at all to then playing. I think he played the full ninety on Saturday, didn't he? Playing the full ninety and you know looked like he loved every second of it. You know it's uh, it must be brilliant for him. I mean, as well as scoring goals and playing really well, just in enjoying himself in a new country, being a young laddie. I mean, you've got you've got to you've got to hand it to Monty. You know, giving him a a wee bit of a new lease of life. Um, Haley's asking, how cold was it? and Hibs fans were fighting amongst themselves again, thoughts now, I didn't see the fighting that was going on between the Hibs fans, but I, I read about some of it and to be honest, I, I don't really want to get involved because I don't know what happened, but I can confirm it, it was absolutely freezing cold freezing cold there was fighting and at
2: the a- Aberdeen semi-final as well, unfortunately
0: yeah, there was, yeah. aye. There was, but I didn't care. There's loads I, of
3: people who were a bit guess after the Aberdeen game, but I kept on saying that it's one of them. It was one of the games, it was one of the games, and people kept telling me to shut the hell up.
0: Did <laughs> me? Me. I tell you to shut the hell up?
3: No, somebody on the bus was like, oh, it's always one of the fucking games. And I was like, right, mate, fucking calm down. Who cares?
0: <laughs> oh, uh, oh. I wouldn't have told you to shut the hell up, Mark, because I thought it was one of them.
3: It was one of them. It, totally it was, was. It was just one of them. Aye, it was. There's no other way you can describe it other than one of them.
0: Uh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Uh, right, last couple of questions before we wrap up for the evening. We've got Christopher Black, and he's asking, I want to know your thoughts on the officiating we are on the end of. Seems to be week after week where we are denied some sort of decision mostly penalties and yet players like Miller are being booked for a hee-haw I mean we could be here the for only, another hour
1: the only solace that. I can take from it is it doesn't seem to just be affecting solely us at the minute mm-hmm. but we like I said I do think we have been on the end of more PR decisions against us and Aye, or I mean, not given give to us than other, t- other teams I think hearts make.
0: have been pretty hard done by the last couple of weeks as well I mean you look at the the kick in the chest at Far Park and then the, the penalty again on, or the, the non-penalty, sorry, on Saturday. Yeah. I think if you're a fan of any team apart from Celtic or Rangers, you're you're looking at the, at this season in particular and going, what on earth is going on? Yeah. I think just because we're Hibs fans, we are seeing it as Hibs decisions more often than not, but it'll be yeah. happening to every single team. It's just the, the fact that the officiating is so, 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 so bad. And so inconsistent. It in
3: other team, but it just seems to be that I've I, I struggled to remember in like many times where an on field decision has been overturned to give us something, whether it be a goal, a penalty, like a goal that's been given as offside on the pitch but then it's overturned or a red card overturned, stuff like that. Like I'm sure, I know there has probably been that, but it just feels like more often than not the decisions go to the other team and then they get the goal or the offside or whatever it yeah.
0: is. The only one that I can think of is the penalty at Parkhead, where it kind of the play went on for a couple of minutes and then it got pulled back. Uh, the ref went to the monitor and gave the penalty. That's the only one really I can think of. That's went in our yeah. favour, but I mean there, there will have been more. But just to wrap us up, um, finally, uh, and I'll get all your takes on this, boys. Billy's asked another question. Thankfully, not about food this time. Um, similar. To a lot of the other questions That we got this week He's asked Can Monty get the best Out of the other squad players And he's listed off A, a couple of players That we've spoke about already But he's also put Noan Kenny And Dylan Tate Do we think I forgot, that,
1: about, I forgot about who? Okay. Yeah uh, Is it Shrewsbury? I am not I'm not fucking acknowledging Dylan Tate Because Billy's asked it It's not happening Billy Get over it He's yeah, barely getting like for Hamilton in League One Pack it in
0: Billy's absolutely desperate for Dylan Tate to be to be a half decent player for Hibs, but he is rubbish, absolutely rubbish. Um, what about you, Mark? Kenny and Tate future at Hibs?
3: Uh, Rob, well, Kenny's is young and he, yeah, he may have a future. Dylan Tate, I think, guys, it's probably time to call it day with him, but. Ken is young enough to still make something of himself.
0: Yeah. No. I think um you No, know, if, if he can get a tune out to anyone, if you can get a tune out to a player like Tavares who looked down and out, then you know, I, I would imagine that these players will will look to that and take inspiration and hopefully try and turn their hibs careers around. And finally, just um just at the at the very very end, I said that the last question was the end. But this is the last question. Um, Colin McLennan, uh, whoever that is, has asked, "With the sad passing of iconic manager Terry Venables, who is your iconic manager?" And I don't know if he means for Hibs or just like in general. But we'll, we'll go for just, we'll go for just Hibs. Oh, okay. <laughs> who are you going to say?
3: No, just for you. Yeah, yeah. I was assuming he meant anyone given that it was about Terry Venables but not a of Hibs.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll go for it. go for your Hibs one and then tell us your all time one.
3: Um Hibs I'm gonna go with Sean Maloney <laughs> uh, and all time I'll go with Sir Alex Ferguson of course.
1: Big uh, Tony Mowbray for me for uh, and just to be a bit different, the all timer, I'll go the Don Carlo Ancelotti. I, oh.
2: it, Craig, so, yeah. I was going to say what big Don sure? myself. Um, I would have said Moby, so therefore I'll say Paul Heckingbottom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And I can't really look past, surprisingly, Josie Mourinho. I thought you were to say. Yeah, no, I think Ar- Arsene Wenger is too much of an obvious answer for me, I think.
0: Um you have, have taken all the good ones. I'm gonna So to I definitely,
2: definitely Jose Mourinho.
0: Right, okay. I'm gonna go for
2: Surely yours is Pep. Has to be Pep.
0: I know, but that's boring, isn't it? So my okay. hibs one, I'm gonna go with if you want entertainment, go to the pictures, Bobby Williamson. Um I mean it was it was between if you want entertainment, go to the pictures or the Sharks worry about Monday To be honest Have you,
2: have you picked up that flag yet?
0: No I've a fuck mate Still <laughs> in the shop I've, I've not got the bottle to go in um, And all time All time manager It'd be easy to say Pep But I think nah, I, I'm, going, I'm actually going to say Arsene Wenger To be honest Because I remember when I was younger Watching that Arsenal team And they were They were really very good And I enjoyed watching them Made me fall in love with football So Arsene Wenger for me.
1: What a and great one to end up. on. Watch us no. get pans for their football knowledge because none of us took Pep.
0: Yeah, probably.
2: Pep's but too obvious of an answer.
0: Yeah, Pep have, is far I too am.
2: obvious. But if we said Pep, people would then be moaning that we didn't say Johan Cruyff or something like that. As or well, Jurgen you know Klopp. I mean? Or Bobby Robson. Or Frank Reichard. Anyone else?
0: they Postecoglou,
2: right? Pat they're all in Gerard. the same. They're all in the same category for me.
0: Philippe Clemont, Michael Beale, know, all, the, all those guys. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, listen, Liz, thank you so much for spending the last hour and a bit chatting to us, um, chatting absolute nonsense about Hibs. Uh, and we will be in your ears again next week after the Aberdeen game. So, enjoy your week, enjoy your weekend, and we will catch you next week. Cheers. <laughs>